Welcome to Already Within, the podcast from and for millennials designed with a new age twist on holistic health. We provide tools and practices to help facilitate self-growth, all while curating spaces for people to connect and share their most authentic self. Our goal is to make an honest impact on wellness culture and to help people feel better about themselves. We launch new episodes every Thursday and can be found educating the internet on TikTok. We love sharing in this journey with you, but now, now it is time to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and let's get to work. As someone with an ADHD mind, I think it's important that we talk about neurodivergence. So disclaimer here, I am not an expert. This is my own personal experience, but I will be providing resources in the show notes if you'd like to check out some professional research further. I've done a fair amount of research that I wanted to provide for you guys here, and then also some of my own personal experiences. So when I first heard the word neurodivergence, I'm like, is this that movie where the girl's standing on the rock? It's super cinematic. Turns out that's not it. neurodivergence was a term coined by Judy Singer. And essentially it is when someone's brain processes, learns, and behaves differently than what is considered, quotes, typical. Now this can show up as many types. There's autism, ADHD, dyslexia, Tourette's, bipolar, OCD. All of these things land at the way the brain operates. One thing to note, 15 to 20% of the world's population exists with some form of neurodivergence. I think it's important to start normalizing what this thinking looks like from many people's perspectives. My experience is my own and how I process information is unique and specific to me. And what they say is like a fingerprint, no two brains are alike. Even in identical twins, there are differences. So I think it's important to not only start to normalize that there are different ways of thinking, but also make it more mainstream and acceptable that I may not follow this one train of thought in the same way that somebody else does. Or even saying that if I want to hyper-focus on something, that that be okay too, and not be forced to ease back on that, to conform to societal norms. I think it's important to not only start normalizing, but also bring to the forefront some famous people, successful people, who have used their, quotes, disability or disorder as a means to advance their career or make an impact on the world. So some examples from famous people include Olympic gold medalist Simone Biles, diagnosed with ADHD, Nobel Prize-winning theoretical physicist Albert Einstein, diagnosed with dyspraxia, world-renowned artist Vincent Van Gogh, diagnosed with autism, and a few people from one of my favorite Netflix shows, Love on the Spectrum. Kaylin, Abby, and David all struggle with autism on the spectrum as well. So as I said earlier, neurodivergence is unique to each individual, and they each come with their unique strengths that the person as they develop into themselves starts to learn what those strengths are and leans into them a little further. That's why they call it a spectrum because no two people are the same. But I find with my own personal experience, I didn't know I had a brain that thought different than other people until a year or so back. I struggled pretty significantly in high school and that followed me into college. I was at best a C student. And I specifically remember during test time in classrooms to be the most difficult time in my academic career. If I heard a pen move, if I heard someone breathe, I would immediately be distracted. And I found myself struggling to get through the first two, three questions and reading them over and over and over again when people were flipping through page two and three. 
I was so behind on tests that I found myself filling in answers and I didn't feel like it was fair. I felt if I were in a quiet space where I could take my test without any distractions or other people around me that I would have performed a little bit differently. I don't know if that would have been better, but definitely differently. I also find this to be true in the workplace too. If I'm in an office space and there is a lot of commotion around me, that I can't control, I find it difficult to be productive. And I find myself having to be forced into hyper-focus because I don't have the time that traditional people do if they hear a door slam or someone put their coffee mug on the table. Even the littlest distractions would get me off track. We'll talk a little bit later about how we can start making accommodations and approaching people with this type of thinking a little bit differently to give them a fair shot, the same as everybody else. I think another example from myself, and I don't know if this is relatable to anybody out there, but I find it very difficult to stay engaged in a conversation. So say I'm connecting with a family member or a friend over the phone and it's an hour and a half conversation, my mind will process through between 50 to 100 unique thoughts during that conversation. I feel like I am constantly juggling between being present in the moment and an active listener and thinking about how can I improve and be supportive to this person and did I take my medicine today? <laughs> did I forget to turn the oven off? Thinking about what I have going on in the next day. And that may sound normal to you, but for me, it is in some ways debilitating because everything feels scrambled in my mind. So even though the other person on the other end has one stream of topic that they're focusing on, in my mind, there are 20. <laughs> I find myself in a conversation, hearing what someone is saying, I store it in my mind somewhere. As I'm thinking about something else, I complete that thought and then I go back and replay what's over here to catch up and then I'm back up to speed with what they're talking about. And I feel like my mind plays this game between recording and storing what someone is in present moment speaking about, wandering off into a different topic, completing that topic and then coming back and catching up with the old topic. And that happens every minute, multiple times a minute, if I'm honest. I always feel like I'm playing catch up. On the outside, I am displaying as I am focused, I am here and I am listening with you. But internally, <laughs> I use this all the time because I think it's so applicable to my life. But I feel like I am a duck on top of the water and underneath I'm just paddling my little heart out. <laughs> on the surface, I'm fine. But underneath, it's like <sighs> chaos. My mind is after a round of hyperfocus is exhausted. I feel like I have zero left to give when your gas is saying you have 25 miles left to go, but you know you got about a mile. <laughs> but if you find yourself in that place, what I've found to be helpful is to step back from whatever it is that you're doing and being okay with stepping back from it and saying, okay, I need to recharge for a few minutes because if I'm going to output at that capacity, I need to be able to get back to center and ground myself and allow my mind to recharge, get some blood flow to go up there. I find it hard to stay focused, but my mind is very interesting in that way. I have a very hard time focusing, but I'm also very good at hyper focusing. So it's like, how do those two fit together? Which is <laughs> something I'm still trying to figure out. It's when I get in a space and I literally focus on what's in front of me. I will produce something in 20 minutes that will take people hours 
or even days to conceptualize. The way my mind processes and connects dots is lightning fast. But in order for me to get into that space, I can't have any distractions. I need to be like, I need to be lasered. And because my mind jumps from X, Y to Z, that is incredibly difficult to do. But when my mind gets into that space, it's something that can't be quantified with how much I'm able to process, evaluate and manipulate, fine tune, connect. My mind is able to pull from this, 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 this experience and condense it into something that makes sense. And I feel like that's not as easy for other people to do. <laughs> it's one of my superpowers, I guess. So aside from normalizing my own experience, and I think I've gone into a fair amount of depth there of what my mind is processing, I think it's important to have some other resources available to you and even how we can start to work to accommodate some of these neurodivergent types of thinking. The one I personally enjoy is the neurodivergent woman. These are two experts that talk about their own experience, about the experience that they have with their clients. And I think this is a really great resource. But I also think it's important to make accommodations for people who have different ways of thinking. And that looks like making accommodations, whether that be in the workplace with noise canceling headphones or allowing your associates to work from home and having flexible hours to accommodate when they're at capacity and when they actually need rest. As an individual, I think it's important to rethink how you engage with someone who is neurodivergent. Actually listen to their needs. If they can't maintain a conversation with you, be okay with that. If they tell you that they're at capacity, then be okay with ending the conversation now and picking it up again later. And it also looks like respecting their boundaries. If they say they're at capacity or they need to get off the phone because they, they can't absorb any more or give, then respect that. And lastly, try not to categorize people. I think it's easy to dump people in buckets of ADHD or autism or OCD when really we are all very different and unique in our own ways. And I think it's important to learn about each person's individual characteristics and engage with them accordingly. But as we close out here, I want to thank you for tuning in to Artie Within. I'm your host, Jasmine B. As you leave this episode and consider what neurodivergent thinking looks like in your life, uh, those people around you, I encourage you to remember that no two people are the same. If someone with a atypical mind engages with you or vice versa, that you meet that place with kindness and grace and saying, I want to know about your specific needs, about how I can support in making this a fruitful engagement. So last, if you enjoyed this episode, I encourage you to like, share, leave a review, share with your friends, all that good stuff. <laughs> really appreciate it. And we are also on TikTok if you'd like to see more real life engagement and videos that supplement this podcast. Thank you for stopping by and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day.